Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for our first podcast together. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. With me on the panel, we have Brittany and Ron. Me, I'm near. In a few moments, each of us is going to introduce ourselves. But just so you would know what you stumbled into and what we're doing here. The three of us are friends. Some are new, some are older friends. But we're constantly talking about things that we love, like movies and TV and technology. And through our conversations, we got to the point where we realized that the synergy between the entertainment, art, and technology is so supreme and so crazy right now. And, and more than anything, at this point, the three are changing each other every day. And we thought that it's an interesting conversation. We love to have it with everybody. So now I would like to introduce everybody in the show. And we will begin with Ron. Me? Ron, tell us a little bit. What kind yourself. of gentleman are you there starting with the guy and not the girl? I, I, I don't want to say anything, but it, it goes age, age before beauty usually. Okay. <laughs> well. It's always age and beauty before me. So this is perfect right oh, now. Okay, got it. So I'm Ron. And uh, um, I've been in entertainment for a very long time. I don't want to mention how many years. Um, I've uh, started writing when I was 13 years old in newspapers. God, that dates me. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as things changed, I, I ran radio and television and online, and I've lived in Hollywood for 13 years. Uh, um, and I've become part of the Critics' Choice Association, where I'm the co-president of the international branch, hence my accent. Um, I've moved to New York, where I work for Fox News, for CBS News, for Fios, um, and do all kinds of different things. And uh, if I continue talking, this is going to be a conversation into tomorrow. So there we go, Brittany, your turn. <laughs> So thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for joining Ron's podcast about his there career. Um, <laughs> it's amazing, but it's amazing. Come on, his resume. It's quite amazing. You know, you've done so much, and and uh, you know, you were Sandra Bullock's uh, neighbor. I was. And what? Yeah. So I love, you know that's where we yes. met. I met him at his Hollywood uh, house. Pad, they say on Hollywood. Literally, pad. literally off the cliffs. Oh, yes. But I'm not joking, like literally off the cliffs in a way that you're, you look at the house and you're like, this is suspended in a way that I don't understand. Why, why would you put yourself in that in, jeopardy? In places, of living in on places that way? where you have earthquakes all the time. I was going to say earthquakes, that's scary. Was it on the ledge? But that's how those houses are built, uh, you know, in the Hollywood Hills by the Hollywood sign. Brittany? Okay, so I'm Brittany. I feel feel like I have a lot to match up to there. Um, I'm a huge geek. I grew up playing video games and watching movies. Um, I also love K-pop, anime, K-drama. Um, I'm also shamelessly a Disney adult. Uh, don't come at me. <laughs> and full-time, I'm a product designer and a UX designer. And I do brand and visual design for a variety of clients um, on the side. So it's a lot of fun. I also rescue animals. Um, used to be a rabbit rescuer, which is how I met Nir's lovely wife, Alyssa, who is the best rabbit vet in Philadelphia area. It's Shout true. out to Exotic Animal Hospital of Philly. Um, but yeah, that's how I'm here. And I'm happy to be part of the team. Hey. And 
I'm Nir. I'm a producer, performer. I've been performing and living inside the business for, I think, over 15 years now. I've produced shows West End, Off-Broadway. I've done commercials. I've, I was blessed enough to work in any part of the entertainment business, on screen, off screen, on stage, off stage, from being a techie to being a director, to doing really everything and to taste everything. And I just love the subject. I also have seen, at this point, more than 3,500 movies in my life in total. I have a list on IMDb that I update. Um, and I've watched uh, the calculation in about two years. I've sat in front of a screen two years wow. of my life, which is amazing and insane. But I do believe, and the reason I do this is because I do believe that entertainment, that media, that movies specifically, they hold the answers to life. I've never had a situation in my life that I had a problem or something that I was going through that I didn't go to a movie or saw a show or a TV show that had the answer I was looking for inside. And I think that is why I believe that media and entertainment affect our lives so hardly. And then this is why we're here to talk about it. Because honestly, I, I drive my wife crazy. Like I wake up in the morning, I already start talking about this happened and this happened. You know, this is so fascinating because it's affecting this and this. And she's like, can I drink my coffee? <laughs> she wants to talk can about rabbits. Not do this? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I have you yeah. now that I can throw all of this information into it. Just like, yay. So after this beautiful introduction, we're going to jump right in. Let's do that. And we're going to start with everybody's favorite subject, movies. And I think movies is, uh, again, it's, it's a brilliant place to start because movies throughout life affected how we do and what we do in everyday life. We, we saw things in movies and, and we imagined them. But then comes another beautiful layer. To create those movies, people had to actually invent new technologies to do them. And it's kind of the perfect example of, of what I was talking about at the beginning and why we're here to discuss this. It's affecting everything, each and every part of our lives. And before we're going to jump into the uh, kind of subject of this episode about movies, I do want to give a shout out to George Lucas. And the reason I want to give a shout out to George Lucas is because a few weeks ago, I was on a production and I was talking to the editor and he learned editing for many years and he loves movies. And we had a great conversation. And at some point he told me that he didn't know that George Lucas invented the technology to edit stuff like on spot immediately. That's something that he didn't know. And, and I kind of jumped into that conversation and, and it was apparent that he didn't know that ILM belonged to Lucas and that Lucas actually invented visual effects to, to properly. He invented the first company that all they did was think of ways to create the stories and bring them to life. Um, and this is something that we're going to jump on much more in future episodes because there's so much to talk about. Just George Lucas has in his life at least three big achievements of changing the way we do things from, like I mentioned, inventing the technology of where we're editing, we're shooting a movie. Let's break it down. To anybody who doesn't know movies, where you film a shot, you film a scene, you film your day, you film everything, and all that material goes to the editing room. They edit it. 
they send it back and that's called dailies. Basically, the production can look at what they shot, see if they like it, see what they're thinking about it. And if it's good, awesome. If not, they need to reshoot. This costs a lot of time because you need to move the film from one place to another. You need to get it back. You need to edit it. You need to later at night watch it. And then if it's not good, you need to reschedule your next day in hopes that you can get the same shot happening. Not easy. So George Lucas came and said, why don't we transfer the information digitally through satellite to the editing room, have them edit while we're shooting so we can actually get the edit done. And not only that, with dropping the information day by day and choosing the shots day by day, the rough cut of the movie has been, is being done while they're shooting and making the process so much more efficient and so much better. So this would be my first shout out to George Lucas, because I think not only that the guy is a genius. The difference is that it's done web, no more satellite. And, um, yeah. and also there is, uh, on sets themselves, if you've been on sets, they actually are able to review the shots uh, because they shoot it digitally. So they can look at the shots and say, okay, this is screwed, this is good, you want to do it this way or that way. So they can immediately... Uh, correct themselves and don't have to wait for the dailies, even though dailies still happen. It's, it has yeah. to happen because they need to watch it and they need to see it needs to be looked at. But I, I appreciate you bringing that up because you know that that actually, that part actually belongs to James Cameron. Okay. James Cameron is the person to invent the technology where we're shooting and now we each on our private screens can see everything. Not only that, he added to that the fact that now on screen, we can actually see the visual effects happening in real time. Yeah, instead of people just hanging out on resets and doing nothing, now they're all on their phone and like <laughs> following how the movie looks like when it's being shot. You know, the last time I've been on, a, it is, the last time I've been on a set was Very cool. um, a commercial for Samsung. And it was like the biggest, like the biggest budget set that I've, ever had to be because i've done a lot of indies a lot of but being on a million dollar set that was my first experience and they had these their ipad what i did notice is that now nobody has downtime which is great because like ron says when you're in a production nine hours of your day can literally be just waiting and it's just stupid it's like it's, it's a waste of time it's a waste of everybody's efficiency uh, so now that we have that, that technology, now that we have these amazing people creating that created this technology, we are better. But people don't realize, you know, when you watch Avatar, you don't think about what they went into to make that possible for the actors to see where they are. By the or, way, on that uh, how they are. commercial, did they use iPads like on every other set or did they use uh, the stupid galaxies? Sorry. So. <laughs> 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 I think the biggest the biggest memory I have from that day um, was when every time someone said uh, bring the iPad because they were shooting different items but every time they said you would hear the client from inside the room scream it's a tablet <laughs> exactly because they're very they're much like, okay. into their own like listen at the end of the day uh, the last shot the was funny. when they brought out the newest galaxy and like the client went out of the room and opened the box and handed over to the production because this was like, okay, this is the only machine that nobody has their hands on. 
up till now. This is brand new and they're shooting it for the first time in this commercial. It's kind of epic. It's kind of cool. Nobody knew how to set it up. I am not joking. It took them 45 minutes to set up. And I was like, wait, doesn't the client know how to set up their phone? Guess not. It should be pretty easy. I guess not. I guess not. And but, being it's not, it's not self-explanatory. Listen, listen, we're not going to get on that. Well, not now. I'm sure, I'm sure, that, I'm sure that in future, future shows, we're going to talk about <laughs> Apple and other things. But if we're talking about Apple, good segue. Um, Ron, I think you mentioned that Apple and Amazon Studios, I guess, are fighting for a spot, for a regular spot at the Oscars. How does that work and why? They are already. I mean, uh, last year, Apple won uh, with Coda. As they should have. Um, so, uh, Phenomenal movie. Uh, and even this year, you know, and, and not to speak about Netflix, also in, in the running for this. But it's interesting to see how the streaming platforms are now players, uh, studio players, uh, in, in all the award shows. But we're done with the award shows for this year, you know. We have to wait for uh, next year. But uh, both Apple and Amazon have uh, announced this week that uh, they're going to invest enormous amounts of money uh, to create motion pictures that will be running in theaters. So they are uh, giving a back burner, so to say, to their streaming platforms, which usually were the ones who wanted to grab the movie as fast as possible from the theaters in order to um, to stream it there. Um, by the way, they ha in order for a movie to be eligible for any nomination, they have to be in theater. So uh, the Oscar rules is about one week. Others are a bit more lenient. So that's why we see movies in theaters and then going to the stream platform. But now they want the movies to stay in theaters for a long time. Apple has said, they're going to invest this year alone $1 billion to make uh, movies exclusively for the cinema. Amazon uh, has not talked about the money, but said that they're committed to putting 12 to 15 motion pictures in theater annually. I would assume it's probably wow. going to be about the same amount. And this is very revolutionary in, in the world where uh, everything was about the streaming platforms in the last two years, at least since uh, you know the Corona pandemic, uh, 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 you know, hit us about three years ago. So now, uh, also the the movie chains, you know, AMC went bankrupt and is trying to come back from it, and there's other little theater chains around the country, and they're ex extremely happy about that. Uh, but uh, it's a game changer because. Uh, in the last few years, every the only movies that people went to see in theaters exclusively were all the superhero ones. You know, the the other ones nobody cared about because they said, "Oh, it's it's going to be on Netflix in two weeks." I have to say, though, as someone who watched many movies and loved movies, like I really, honestly love them. I people say that doesn't it's not true but it still exists most of the movies that streaming companies are making are made to streaming it's like straight to dvd straight to video movies level of quality and i'm not talking about the is something from a different generation 
I remember when I had my laser disc. Ah, <laughs> uh, by far still my favorite media of all. Well, of the it. interesting thing that things come back, like the record player that used to be like something It's that true. was like they wanted to get rid of uh, when the CDs came out, are now a big thing. You know, more and more labels are printing, uh, you know, their music onto uh, records again, and most DJs are using records rather than uh, CDs and uh, iTunes and whatever they were using. Sound has a record has a different sound than a CD. There's nothing you can. I think for like um, 30, 40 Spielberg years, we have forgotten that it didn't exist. Yeah, it's not that we forgot it. It's just that it was not efficient I mean, and people like technology that I just threw out because nobody wanted it. What is wrong with you as a person? Why would you throw out records? Because, there was nothing <laughs> to do it's, with it. I mean, we all went into the the CD world and then into the MP3 world and then iTunes. And it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of space to keep them. MP3s. MP3. Do you remember uh, uh, what they're called? Uh, mini discs that you could record MP3s onto a digital cassette. So I don't know. You said date yourself. I am proud of the fact that I am, but I hate that phrasing. I am blessed though to have lived Through the whole range, I remember the world where there were no computers at home. I remember the first green screen. I remember the first one megabyte hard drive. And from there, with my obsession and love for technology, I got lucky to see everything. And I am lucky to see the space age happening and the metaverse happening, things that I only read about or seen in movies that are now happening. I, I can honestly say that I'm rejoicing from, from all of this and And from all of this comes the fact that we can now, we usually ran forward with the technology, but we got to the point where technology is now needs to be innovated. It's no longer, oh, what's the next phase? And the next phase is very far. Like it's just been said this week that there wasn't a big change since that iPhone moment, Steve Jobs walking on stage and showing the iPhone and, and changing the world at that moment. For the next 15 years, the next time this happened was last week yeah. when OpenAI came out and said, meet ChatGPT4, come meet our child. And Bing, Mike, well, you know what, even more so when Microsoft came out and said, hey, meet the new Bing. I think that was another one of those moments of change. That, this is uh, a new Microsoft era. Microsoft and Bing are on board is because they are now heavily invested in ChatGPT. They, they bought like a, a big chunk of the company. And, and it's very interesting that oh, Microsoft, you know, who has oh, lived I for the past, I don't know, 40, 50 years out of Windows uh, uh, on PCs is now going to be heavily invested in AI. Says something. We kind of crossed from movies to technology, but I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Although, again, we have so much to say <laughs> about movies, but I just want to go back for a yes. moment. To my point, and we're going to talk about, we're going to continue this conversation of AI and Microsoft relationship because there's a lot to talk there. Microsoft didn't always do right uh, investments. Like they invested heavily in Skype, for instance, which did not pan out for them. Unless, unless you're the Russian community who uses only Skype always, all the time. Everybody um, uses Zoom now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, didn't I, know I don't either. use Zoom. I don't use Zoom. And if, And, and, and I can say that if I'll never use Zoom, I'll be fine with it. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy their... I, 
I don't enjoy their interface. They're very Windows-based company. It looks like a Windows, like an old 95 Windows app. It's disgusting. It's like working on WhatsApp. I hate working on WhatsApp. WhatsApp is ugly. uh, intimidated, but it's something that is, uh, you know, very new and different and uh, intimidating. They like, you know, that's why, for instance, Minecraft becomes such a huge thing because it's, it, it's, it was so basic. You know, it looked like Tetris. Uh, you know, that... Uh, it's Legos. Why, do, why does nobody make that connection? Every time I talk to people, I hear people talk about Minecraft. They're like, they give any... It's Legos. Yeah. It's Lego, just digital. Yeah. That's what it is. Isn't it? Uh, I play both Lego games and then Minecraft. And it, yeah. it feels different. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I mean Legos in the real world, not the uh, games Lego creates. Although, lo- love those games. Uh, but I'm talking about the concept. A I concept see. of it's just blocks those being connected. Great. And you can create whatever you want with them. Stacking you know, blocks. I have that in the real I'm world. I'm trying to make a, a commercial for Microsoft, but they also own Minecraft. <laughs> 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 that is very true. That is very true. Uh, no, but Microsoft is a whole big subject, and I think we're going to touch on it in a different episode. Because first of all, the AI thing, and also the um, Activision purchase thing, which are big subjects that need to be touched on, um, and I have a lot to say about them. But I am going to take us back to movies because you mentioned that Amazon or Apple is saying that they're going to bring out. 12 to 15 movies out to theater, that is a whole different ballgame. That is a different level of writing that needs to happen, that needs to bring those movies to a much higher level of quality before they can achieve that. And I think that's a big jump from companies that created movies for streaming. And again, people will eat my head about saying this because people are like, no, their productions are level to whatever. They're not. They're not. And I kind of sadly watch almost every movie that comes out to streaming at this point. And I don't know if it's sad. It's what I do. I watch movies. But most of them are horrible. And you know how I know that a movie is really bad? It's very simple. If the movie begins and I go, one, two, three is going to happen. This is going to happen. This character is going to do that. And this is going to happen. And 15 minutes into the movie, things start happening the same. I'm like, I'm not a good writer. If I came up with these ideas, in the first second of the movie, this movie is junk. And most movies that I watch recently are like Well, I think that the streaming movies, because of their budget, they were lower budgets. I get, uh, yeah. um, They were kind of half-baked. So they should be better scripts. They They should be better material if they don't have a budget. You know how you pitch, oh, this is like, uh, I don't know, the final frontier meets, I don't know. (laughs) So... And then, and then you know, they're the like, that's what <laughs> our is. executives are going to get back to you on that one. But to push 15, 12 movies is insane yeah. for companies that don't necessarily have the knowledge. Jumping from being a streaming company to be a full on production studio, it's crazy. Uh, a lot of the companies like Netflix are uh, actually not on all their movies, but are making um, a lot of money producing those movies because they sell a lot of product placement there. And this is one of my pit yeah. peeves uh, when I watch movies to see, oh, this is the cell phone. Oh, this is this car. Oh, this is the... <laughs> yeah. And it kind of ruins Are this movie for drinking, everyone yeah, sitting yeah. next to me. <laughs> I, I think, because I take him out that... of the, you know, the plot line because, oh, this car has been seen like five times now. 
I don't remember what show it was, but there was a show we were watching and like, it was really obscene how every scene had a product placed in it. And at some point they were talking about the product and I was like, they're not even hiding it. This is a scripted show. What is that about? K-drama does that. K-drama goes bananas with, uh, I see Subway constantly in like almost every K-drama. <laughs> There's like a Subway scene and they, they take it and they take a big old bite out This of it is normal way people bit. eat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, isn't this Subway sandwich so good and delicious and amazing? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Subway sandwiches <laughs> because the fact that by the time by the time you get it, it's so wet that everything like no. on you all over. I not for me. That's the point. It's That's like water the point bread, of a Subway yeah. sandwich. I'm talking like like I can eat them. I'm gluten free. I can't even touch <laughs> those things. Um, I would literally die going into well, Subways, going into hell. Free bread there. <laughs> They don't. Yeah. They don't. They bake six or seven different breads, but they do not make a gluten-free one. And even if they do, they will never pass any like licensing or authority or whatever they need to pass for it because everything else will be baked in an area that's definitely not clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no... The exposure is insane oh, there. So, yeah. um, so I think, yeah, I think just to, to lock that subject because we... <laughs> We did not stay on it. Um, we definitely, yeah, definitely we did not stay on that Subway. specific subject. Um, but yeah, I, I think that production company <laughs> to push out. There's a reason why Sony and why uh, Paramount and why MGM through the years grew and became who they were. And there's also a reason why don't, they don't exist anymore. Well, Paramount does, but why yeah, the rest of them too. don't really exist. Sony kind of barely lives. They had to sell half their headquarters to stay alive. They had to push the PS4 months before they were ready um, to to just get money into the company because they were about to lose everything. They were about to sell their rights back to Marvel when things exploded and they were like, oh, wait, well, we're actually going to save this here with us. But if not for Spider-Man, for the Spider-Verse, Sony would be extinct because Sony did not continued developing and 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 evolving with the years not have the you know the their streaming platform or tv channel they had one it was called sony uh what was it now it was on the playstation you uh you could have like you you. that that was was, was, no that's that was like a cord cutting thing that was like they were selling like cable oh okay okay I thought I thought that was their like specifically supposed to be yeah because they had original productions they had stuff that was theirs all to, for Sony their specific original so that's also you know all yeah. the studios uh, took back the rights from Netflix uh, over the years and you know it's now showing it on their platforms uh, Sony's all still on Netflix because they don't have their own and you would think that such a big international company would be you know on par with what's happening. Because they could distribute everything, like, at least to Asia. Sony has many TV channels. In India, they have TV channels. It's very interesting. It's very interesting to see how how these companies are working. But the world of movies productions has changed dramatically in the past five years. And we're seeing these companies, these huge companies that were part of our lives for many years. And now they're, like, every time I watch something that has Fox that, doesn't have Fox anymore on it, like a Searchlight movie. What is Searchlight? <laughs> you know, when it doesn't have Fox connected to it, it's, is it a new studio by its own? You know, it doesn't belong to anything. 
but we're seeing these changes on the big players oh, you know and saying that and yeah of course uh, what i'm saying you know you're you're now in we're seeing these companies go from streaming tv shows which granted i can By the way, say that also i think almost are labeled 20th century but not 20th century oh. true True, twentieth century with no fox. I think I think looking at the everything Apple brought out, is almost everything on their platform right now is great. Like almost all the shows and the movies that I watch on Apple Plus was were good. Amazon, not so much. I have to say, there are a lot of pro- marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, that's like yeah, a yeah, yeah. No, Maisel, Maisel is there phenomenal, phenomenal. But that's that the, like, I don't know. You know what? Maisel has that. And scene. Maisel, by yeah. the way, is ending, so I don't know what. What did? No. Well, it's about time. Yeah, it's last season. Last it's about time. They just wrapped I it like, like a the couple fact that TV ago. and, and yeah. movies, and you know what? This is a segment into TV, just so we would know, because <laughs> obviously we cannot stay on one subject on movies. This is a great change from the world of yes, yesterday, very. when you had to sell an ongoing show because to put a production just for two, three seasons is not worth it. This new world order in entertainment is brilliant for the first time since yeah, I mean we saw that with I don't uh, remember this when. is us that could have continued forever but there was ah, an arc to finish no it and, couldn't uh, it really couldn't and uh, now have a million little things that is also ending uh, with an arc after five years uh, in even uh, a show a crazy show like uh, um, you you know remember that yeah so ending they, they ending with five should have ended with four no, you. it's a fun show no, really should have finished. So the before. next season is going to be the last season. So uh, the fact that they're <laughs> now producing um, seasons that are the last season of a show, they are able to round up and close all, you know, uh, things need to be closed. Because in the past, what happened was that, uh, uh, and it still does happen, where a show is being canceled because of low rating uh, or other reasons. And then, you know, the last episode is an episode I, that has a I don't, don't watch. Don't know what's going to happen next, and that's it. it I rarely, rarely would watch a show, a new show, where I don't know that there's going to be a season arc to it. And definitely, I don't watch a show that I don't know that has an ending. Um, you know, I, I just don't do it. And I just read an article like about it. Manifest is a good that, example where NBC ended it, and then great. Netflix took over uh, because it became such a hit on Netflix because of the binge watchers. You had, yeah, they, you had that. You had the same thing with Lucifer. Yeah. Back in the day, back in yesteryear, Babylon 5 had the same issue exactly. You had a show, you planned it for five seasons. Then on season three or four, someone comes and says, hey, we're ending you. You wrap up, kind of, sort of, try to wrap up. And then they come, ooh, let's continue. And then you continue. And then you kind of go back and you go oh, forward and go back. This ruins everything. General Hospital is celebrating its 60th anniversary and Young and the Restless, their 50th anniversary on the air. Uh, 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 someone just moved to Netflix, right? Uh, yes, Some of uh, one of them. Uh, oh my ch- Days of Our Lives. lives went to uh, Peacock, an NBC show. To, NBC yeah. took it off uh, uh, NBC and moved it to Peacock and put instead of it uh, an, another news hour. Insane. Insanity. Uh, but yeah, that jerking off that happens, um, there was just an article saying that I didn't know this, but a lot of people are like me and they don't start a new show until it ends. And that also creates a problem because we no longer check how many people watch a show. 
we are now checking how many people are watching in the first day. How many hours is been spent on the first yeah. weekend? And if I'm waiting to see that you're, you was the one that was hit by this specifically because they cut the show into two parts and many people went online to say, we're not going to watch the first, we're not going to watch the first couple episodes. We're going to wait for the whole show to drop and then we're going to watch the whole thing. I think the Mandalorian is going through that right now. A lot of people don't want to plow out the Mandalorian until it's all out. And now Disney is starting to get a little frustrated that it's not getting the numbers that they want. And I'm really hope they don't cancel it. <laughs> but, well, the thing is yeah. that I, th- I feel maybe it's a generational thing. I feel very confused when they talk about hours because, you know, some shows are half hours, some yes, shows are one hour show, and then a movie is an hour and a half or two hours. So how can you count a popularity by the amount of hours watched? Because you're saying how many people watched it you and how many people how watched many it people several times. I don't understand don't why they need to talk in hours. They say how many hours were watched, and that's a bit confusing. They have the matrix. They know how many times. They know exactly how many people stopped midway. They know everything they need to know about these things. So it's kind of stupid that they're talking hours. But what does that mean? Uh, Red Noticed had 600 bazillion, gazillion, frazillion, brazilian, brazilian hours. So, still stupidest movie I've ever seen. But it had Harsh, Gal hardly the stupidest movie I've ever seen. I've, I've had many bad movies in my life that I've seen. Uh, I must say, it wasn't the big one. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Join us for part two, where we discuss The Last of Us and the possible TikTok ban.